Sup guys, this is for our new winter podcast for Mariners Church JHM on Relationology. This is about connecting with your family and peers. For more info, please visit marinerschurch.org slash JHM. Thanks. I want you guys for just a moment. After you find your seats, sit down. I want you to think about something for a second. Baggage. I mean, it's the stuff that we see right up here. You know, oftentimes we see people, maybe like a homeless person or maybe somebody you know, you just know has been through a lot. And you're like, man, that person's carrying a lot of baggage. Or, you know, the girls, you might see a girl and say, avoid her. Baggage. But think about it. You know, it's the memories. It's, it's the words that people say to us that maybe cut pretty deep. The stuff that maybe hurts us. The stuff that sometimes when we look back, we wish never really happened. But yet, we seem to not be able to get rid of such a things. And we start to carry around, in essence, baggage. You know, we start picking up baggage at a pretty young age when we're kids. Jimmy, hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, Carl. What's going on, man? Oh, man, not much. Hey, well, uh, I was actually just talking to the guys, you know, the treehouse. Yeah, the treehouse that we're going to build pretty soon. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Well, you're not going to build the treehouse with us. What do you mean? I'm not going to build. Carl, this is our idea. Of course I'm going to build a treehouse with you. I, I know, but we decided you're, you're, you're not going to do it. You mean kicking me out of the squad? What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You don't want to know. I want to know, Carl. Tell me why. I, I really think you I want, want to know. Tell me. You're too fat. <laughs> what do you mean I'm too fat? Mom just, Mom just says I'm big boned. Dinosaurs are big boned. You, you're fat. Well, I'm just, I'm just a little chunky. Peanut butter's chunky. You, you're fat. No, no, no. I've lost a little bit of weight. You found it. Carl... I'm sorry, we, we, we've decided, I'm sorry. And sometimes, when we, when we take those words with us that people say, maybe you're fat, you're ugly, it, we essentially pick up some baggage, carry it around with us, and suddenly defines who we are. You know, we're supposed to be people who, who are defined by Jesus, defined with, in our relationship with him, but really as we live life, we start to realize it's pretty tough. You know, sometimes we collect baggage from people like our best friends. Hey. Hey. So, do we have a date? Well, I feel like you're just my type, and, you know, you like the 49ers. Glenn. You get height. Glenn. Oh, I'll see you later, though, right? Yeah, it's a date. I'll see you later. Hey. Bud. (laughs) Talk to her. We going out? Um... I started to talk to her about you. Um, and what'd she say? We're going on a date, right? Actually, I'm going on a date. With whoa, whoa. Her. My Shelly is your Shelly? Yeah. You were supposed to talk to her for me. Know, best friends I, don't I do know. that. I, we can still be friends, all right? We were supposed right. to be best friends forever, man. Hey. You were supposed to be my best friend. And our friends just trying to live life just like we are. When we learn not to forgive our friends, well, we seem to pick up just a little bit more baggage. You know what? We actually don't need other people to pack the baggage on for us. It seems like we do a pretty good job of doing that ourselves. You know, we we see celebrities, or we see other people, and we say, man, if only I could be like that person. If only. 
If only I looked like that. If only I was good at sports like this person. If only I could buy those clothes that this person had. Well, when we say that stuff, and think that stuff, pick up just a couple more bags. Sometimes we collect baggage from people we love the most dearly, like our parents. Hey, son, what went on today? What happened? The ball slipped. The ball slipped? That cost us the game. I know the light will ruin my eyes. I'm sorry, Dad. Are you crying? No. Stop crying. People are, people are watching. I know. How many times have I woke up at 5 a.m. to work on that with you? I know. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. I'm really disappointed. You know what? Grab your bags. Meet me in the car. Okay. And our parents. They just carry some baggage of their own. Sometimes we can't help but collect some of the baggage that they carry. And carrying this, all these bags over time start to get pretty difficult. And as we start collecting more and more bags, you know, it's our natural tendency to just want to dump our bags on other people. People like family. Hey, brother. Uh, can you give me a ride to school? It's going to rain, and I don't... Listen, dweeb, you've asked me every day this week, and you know what people think when they see me with people like you? You're, you're hanging with a bunch of nerds, and for some reason, uh, you think I'm going to give you a ride? I'm not, you know what my friends right, think? You know what? Just stop, okay? You're just taking this out of me because Dad left. I know. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't think you're sorry. You're just sorry that I call you out all the time. You know what? Forget it. I'll ride my bike. And in the process of us trying to dump our bags onto other people, well, yeah, pick up some more bags. And then there's that one, our sin, well, or our hidden sin, you know, the sin that we don't like to admit that we, we have, you know, maybe the, the thing that we do in private, or the thoughts that we think, or or that self-pride, or those lies that I constantly tell, but nobody knows that I'm lying. Well, can't forget to carry that one, too. And as we start to carry all these bags, it starts to get a little uncomfortable. Because people start to look at me and define me by the bags that I carry. People, people say stuff like, look at him. Look at all the baggage he carries. And then you think about what Jesus said, how he said, you know, I've come to give life, and I've come to give it abundantly. And you start to think, God, this is an abundant life. This isn't the life you were planning on giving me, was it? I mean, look at all this. I can barely walk. It gets uncomfortable. And you think about what he said. He says, I may, I come. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. He says, I will give you rest. So I go to God. God, are you there? I'm carrying all these bags and I can't get rid of them. Take them away from me. I need rest. And he does. He takes our baggage away. 
was me. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm stoked. It says my wife's name on it. That's funny. Um, I'm stoked you guys, are, you guys are the faithful few coming on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if you're cheering because of the Super Bowl or because you're at church. Which one? Both. Both. Church. Yeah. Church. Both. Go Broncos. Okay. Anyway, we're in a series. We're in a series. It's called Relationology, right? We, went, we made up this ridiculous word, you know, Relationology. You know, it doesn't exist, but we created it because we're, we're going to study relationships. You know, we are people, you know, no matter what age we are, we, we want to live, have good relationships. We want to be people who really know how relationships work and function and have a, you know, and know what not to say, know when to say stuff and that sort of thing. But the reality is, you know, it's a little harder, you know, to do that than I, than I just said. And if I could have a little hobbit man, you know, hairy feet, and I could open up my closet, and here he comes, you know, my relationship coach, you know, probably dressed in a suit and tie, and he would tell me what to do when I got in an argument with my wife. If I could have that, I would pay a million dollars for that sort of thing. Who would, who would pay for a relationship coach, especially if it was a hobbit, right? A little gremlin, a little sort of person you could have to kind of talk you through your relationship issues. Now, the reality is we don't have such things. And so we're, we're trying to understand, you know, what does the Bible say about my relationship? What, what, what does Jesus think I should do in my relationship? How should I act? How should I treat other people? That sort of thing. And so, so we studied a while ago, Justin, before, you know, he got all love struck and got married and went on a honeymoon, you know, before those days, back in the, you know, before he, ew, yeah, gross, stay away from that. Yeah, yeah. Before he got married and went off, he talked about how we are people who are made to be in relationship with God and others. And our relationship with other people should reflect how our relationship with God is. Now, lots of us, we say, okay, I'm pretty sure I have a relationship with God. You know, I'd say I do. But I only talk to him when I have dinner. And you know, I don't even talk to him. My dad or my mom, you know, makes me talk to him. And then before I go to bed, sometimes I ask God to make sure my day the next day goes pretty good. Now, is that a relationship? Is that how any relationship you have goes? No. That's the truth. And so we're trying to learn, okay, okay, I'm going to be in a relationship with God, and I'm going to treat him like I am actually in a relationship with him. You know, so we're made to be in a relationship with God. We're made to be in a relationship with people. And then, and then we talked about how sometimes our, our relationships, they die. We kill them by our careless words, by our lack of listening, and our anger. That was a couple weeks ago. And last week, Marshall did a fantastic job talking to us about how we are in a covenant relationship with God. Like when I get married, I'm in a covenant relationship with my wife. Now, no matter what happens, no matter what she does, no matter what I do to God, God will always look at me the same way and say, I love you. I signed a covenant that you don't even have to sign. I'm God's saying, I'm the only person going to sign the covenant. And that's how God looks at us, is I'm in a covenant relationship with you. And we just saw how sometimes in our relationships, it's a lot of fun, and we do crazy things, and some of the best memories I have are with my friends and my family and my wife, and in relationship comes a lot of great things, but also, in our relationships come a lot of hurt and pain, and as you guys get older, and as you guys are in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, you guys might have already experienced some pain that might come in relationships, and in essence, we begin to carry the stuff that we call baggage around with us. And suddenly people look at us and define us based on the baggage that we carry, the scars that we have growing up, and suddenly our identity with Christ starts to dissolve, and our identity and the baggage in which we carry becomes greater. And so we're going to talk about that today. So if you have your Bible, open up to Luke. We're going to check out what somebody, what, what a story about this has to say. So Jesus 
entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. I love the name Zacchaeus. If I could, is anyone here named Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus? I'm just kidding. His name is Zach. Zachary, probably. Zacchaeus, I love that name. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, how many of you guys pay taxes? I do. You do? You pay taxes? Yeah, I pay taxes for Starbucks. What's a taxes? <laughs> no, you don't ride in taxis. You pay taxes. <laughs> None of us here pay taxes. Now, us older people who work, and as you guys get older, some of you guys, if you have a job, you start to all your say you have to pay taxes. And that was the same thing in the ancient world. When Jesus walked the earth, there was people who had to pay taxes. Now, everybody like today, they hate paying taxes. It's the worst. Yes, yes. yes. Boycott taxes. You know, that's how it's worth. And now that's what, they, that's what they do. And there's a tax collector. So let me ask you, do people like tax collectors? Because they take your money. They take what isn't theirs. Now, not only that, but Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was hired by the king. And he oftentimes wouldn't get paid. So the king would say, you need to take a little off the top and take some for yourself. You know, and, and other people couldn't argue with that. They'd say, okay, the king said, if I argue with that, I'm going to jail. So yes, I have to give you money. They owe $5 in taxes. Zacchaeus knocks on the door and says, you owe $7 in taxes. He gives $5 to the king, and he pockets two bucks. So he's taking money from everybody. He's a thief. He's a stealer. Tax collector, and he was wealthy. Why was he wealthy? Because he stole lots of money. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So here's Jesus entering into a town. And Zacchaeus said, okay, Jesus is coming to town. I want to see who this so-called Jesus person is. Right? We all have that question some point in our life. Who is Jesus? I want to know who he is. Same with what's happening with Zacchaeus. I don't know who Jesus is. But being a short man, he could not because of a crowd. Who here would say that they're short? You're the short of you. Okay, now, now, from experience, you short folk. I want you guys not to take pride in your shortness. Now, what do people call you? What sort of words do people yell at you? Midget? What else? What? Fun size. Yeah, that's the best one because normal people aren't fun, so smaller people are funner. What else? What are some other words? Smidget. You said that one earlier, and it stands for? Small midget. As if midgets weren't small enough. These people are smidgets. What else? What are other words that people might call? Go. Shorty, short staff. Were you going to say one? No. What? What were you going to say? Munchkin. And there are these terms that we have that people seem to yell at. Oh, look at that shorty. Look at that person. He's shorter than the rest of us. That was Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus has two things against him. One, he's a tax collector, which means he's a thief. And two, he was short. So chances are people weren't just saying, hey, shorty, to him. They'd say, hey, there goes the short thief. I don't want anything to do with him. There goes Zacchaeus. He's, he's, uh, nobody likes him. He's a sinner. He's a thief. And I can't do anything about it. And he's short. Oh, it's the worst. Right? A short man knocks on my door. I have to give him my money. That's the worst. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Like a normal short person would do. They climb up a tree to see what Jesus was doing. Next verse. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, welcomed him. Gladly. No, 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 hold on. So Zacchaeus is up a tree, enters Jesus, and Jesus stops at the tree. He says, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? I mean, what are you, uh, what are you doing? And he says, come down. And suddenly Jesus says, hey. He welcomes him gladly, whatever that might mean. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, you, the sinner, 
The person who people look at and make fun of. The person that nobody likes. The thief. The sinner. The person who carries the most baggage. And he says, I want to be at your house. And of everybody's house, I want to eat with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be friends with you. Next verse. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And I've cheated anybody at anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So you get this picture of who Jesus is and how we are supposed to look with him. Jesus says, We are people who carry baggage. We are people who have lived lives. In my earlier today, I had somebody says, I've lived 13 years. Oh, I've been through a lot. And you have. You guys are people who have memories. When people say things to you, sometimes you are the person saying things to other people. And we don't understand that our words cut deep. And we start to carry the stuff around with us that we call baggage. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, all the baggage that you carry, all that stuff that you've done before, I don't care. But today, salvation has come to you. John 10.10 says this. The thief only comes, uh, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life. And you can have it to the full. This is the life Jesus is talking about. That we might not be people who find our identity in the things where we've screwed up. Or in the people who, who seem to hurl things at us that we wish they never would. But not to find our identity in those sort of things, but to find our identity in the one who comes to give us the very thing that we are looking for, an identity. To take away the baggage that this world gives us and suddenly be known for our relationship with Jesus. And so today, what is it for you? What is that bag or the baggage that you carry? We're going to take just a few moments. And what I want you guys to do is to think about what that is in your life. And we have these, these stations in the back with pens and sticky notes. And what I tell you guys, I want you guys to get up and I want you guys to grab a pen. I want you guys to grab one of those sticky notes. Not right now, not right now. Grab one, a pen and a sticky note. And all I want you to do is grab it and, and write what that baggage is. For some of you, it might be a word. For some of you, might, you might say, bullies. That's the baggage that I carry around. For some of you, it might have a little paragraph to say, one time this happened to me and I can't get it out of my mind. It's the baggage that I carry. And I want you to write it on that little sticky note. And I want you to crumple up that sticky note and come up here and put it in a bag to symbolize that Jesus has come to give us a life, that when he died on the cross, he says, all the baggage that you have, all the baggage that you carry, all those burdens that are holding you back from being all out and for a person for me, he says, write that down, and I will take that with me, because I've come to take that away. So write that on a sticky note, crumple it up, and come up here and put it in the bags with the rest of your peers. Let's do that this morning.
we're already done. I just want you to close your eyes just for a moment. is that you wrote down on that piece of paper. Maybe imagine what happened or imagine what it is that you're carrying around. It's heavy. It hurts. Thanks, guys. But Jesus came and he said, all who are weary and heavy burdened, I've come that you might have rest and find it in me. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for who you are. Thanks for this group. Thanks for the Super Bowl weekend. Thanks for these students that said, I'm going to come to church despite having a Super Bowl this weekend. Um, God, I thank you that you came to oppose the things that we carry around, to put those on yourself. And can I, because of that, God, can we be changed people? Can you remind us this week of who we are and you, whose we are, God, that we are yours? And thank you for this group. Be with us this week. Keep us safe today. Can we have fun? Go Broncos. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Have a good week. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week. Bring a friend.